Chapter 15 Riding Bikes and Flying Kites Though he wasn't one for capitulation, even Matt knew a grave threat when it stared into his soul. Having left the diner in a hurry, Matt had already made it back to his apartment. The one-bedroom loft complete with an entire electronic store's worth of variously sized screens seemed emptier than ever to him. To calm himself, he tries to call some friends. After almost ten minutes of busy signals and voicemail boxes, Matt collapses onto the floor. Sweating and on the verge of hyperventilating, Matt's eyes dart from left to right. Who was... Why was... How did he know? Was all Matt could utter before his eyes rolled back and his body stopped shivering. When Matt woke up, he saw a giant gray horse standing in his living room. Matt looks around, checking for what he didn't know. He looks the horse up and down. After scratching the ground with its front fingers, the stallion gallops toward Matt. Taken completely off guard, and still very woozy, his chest is no match for the horse's head. Knocked back several feet, the pain in Matt's chest is incomparable to the pain in his back. A door leading to his bedroom has now completely shattered and splintered to make way for his flung form. After Matt lands on the ground, he looks around himself. Now, inexplicably, outside, he tries to gauge where he's at. Buildings in the distance surround the great lawn that he's standing upon. People are riding bikes and flying kites. Everything seems quite pleasant. That is, until the ground opens up. Adults and children alike fall helplessly into the chasm. Bodies bend and break on the walls of the pit as they plummet to unknown agonies. Darkness bleeds up from the depths of the cavern. Throughout it all, not a single scream is heard. Ducking into what he believes to be a corner market, Matt finds himself in an open field. Nothing is visible from horizon to horizon, save for endless blades of grass and stalks of wheat. Before his smile could get comfortable, a giant gust of wind knocks him back. Matt slams onto the ground. Just as he gets his bearings, an even mightier wind thrusts him into the air. As he twists and turns in the horizontal tornado, Matt wonders if his limbs will stay attached. Just as he begins to register the pain, Matt crashes through a department store's stained glass revolving door. As he holds his lumbar, Matt looks around himself. Standing in a sprawling city, the worst seems to be over. In an instant, countless people, cars, and animals were ablaze. He tries to find shelter from the intense heat, but can only find a narrow, unscorched path. As he travels it, desperately shielding his head from the hungrily licking flames, Matt watches everything burn, until nothing is left but ash. The entropic snowflakes sting his eye skin as he tries to see ahead of himself. Just when he thinks he'd go blind from the pain, a downpour escapes the clouds. Beneath his shoeless feet, the ash becomes mud. In nothing more than a single blink, 
the vast city that once towered over him with delight became a gurgling swamp. Crickets and cicadas argue over where the freshest food rests. Dead, eyeless fish speak with one another. On two toadstools, a frog and a toad continue their dialogue. So I says to her, begins the toad, You want heaven? Someone's got to take a trip downstairs. After looking at the toad, the frog shakes his head. At least that was better than the last one. You ever think about doing stand-up, Bill? The frog sarcastically suggested. I'm a tool, Paul, the toad responded, clearly not picking up on the facetiousness of his colleague. I squat on toadstools and wait for flying bugs. Why would I want to earn a living? A hole in a tree, just beyond the amphibious improv, catches Matt's attention. Not a single animal around seems to notice it. Or better yet, they were avoiding it. Matt didn't care, though. He just wanted out. As he approaches the giant tree, Matt notices the tiniest placard hanging above the hole. Also made of wood, Matt ponders that it must have been engraved by nymphs. Or at the very least, someone with tiny hands. He mumbles to himself. As Matt creeps in, ever so closely, he can barely make out the inscription. Enter. All ye who dare know tomorrow. Just as he finishes mouthing the phrase, Matt's hand slips on the mossy entrance. After tumbling through an abyss for eight seconds, Matt thuds onto the ground. He notices that it was, by far, colder than he expected any desert to ever be. As a light wind whisks past his face, Matt feels the ground rumble. Out of nowhere, a battlesque pyramid shoots forth from the sand beneath him. As Matt looks up at the afternoon sky, he sees two moons. He glances over at what he thinks is a third one. It was a blue marble 